Welcome to the Neighborhood Radio. I'm your host, Rick is Ugly, with Zeke Lanham. And today we have the wonderful Bice on. Going to be interviewing them. They're a very, very, very talented producer from Texas. Always doing great things in their community. And we love, we just very happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. And shout out, y'all. And Dom for creating this cool ass community. I'm like, I was like scoping through it. I'm like, this is like, I feel, I feel like I'm at the block, like just neighborhood. That's what's uh, up. Neighbor vibe. Yeah, that's the good, good vibes. That's exactly what we would try to set out to do. So you know, how you been? How, how's your day today? My my day's been good. I'm a little geeked from coffee. <laughs> yeah, um, I I, I should have done that to be honest. Would be good. Go go real clap. Yeah, I'm chilling though. Um, my family's coming in for for uh, Xmas, so um, nice. Taking a little breather. Chill. Have you done all your? Have you done all your shopping? Yeah. So, um, broke vibes this year. I only focused on my my partner and uh, my niece and nephew. Um. Yeah. I got, I'll show you what I got, my, she's a big fan of Caliucci, so I got her this record. Oh, fire. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great record, too. I, it reminds me of, like, why well, I love, like, Sade or something. Mm-hmm. But, um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I got that done. Yeah. Very How are y'all cool. doing? Um, yeah, pretty good. On shopping. Um, yeah, I got my partner's presents. I got her a Ponyo plush toy, and I got her uh, the 1975 record, um, and also a necklace. Nice. I'm anti-shopping too, so if you don't shop for your, uh, you know, I love Christmas for the fam, but fuck Christmas. Nah, I, I like family shit. We're in the block right now. Those things where it's like, you don't really need the the holiday as an excuse for it, but it's nice to just be like forced to almost. Yeah, I feel you. That's, again, that's the best part, like the family part. But like going through, like I went to Target. I'm like, man, we're in a capitalist hellscape right now. Yeah, I actually haven't been to like inside a single normal retail store like this entire season. I'm so happy for that. You used to, you worked at one, no? I used to work out, I mean, I've done retail all my life. I technically still am at retail, but it's it's like, it's a hardware store, though. For sure. Yeah, locally's the, the move. I got some, like, candles from a homie and bath stuff. No, that's awesome. No, yeah, where I live has a lot of, like, wooden, uh, on-canvas uh, art, just always selling around, so. I've got yeah, my dad... Uh, just a little, little wooden block that was like, carved in with a, a scenery of the mountains here. Oh, that's cute. And then, uh, with my mom, we didn't go local for that. Me and my older sibling, we, we went half and half on a big ass TV because she had an old one. She just leaves on all the time, has hella burning. Oh, shit. And so I, I need to get a new one. But of course that TV she had was like 70 inches so that really big damn theater imax yeah so we had we had to go half on that 
for sure for sure yeah I, I think it's funny like when you go to like restaurants and they have like a tv and they have like the logo on the side or something and it's been there for like on for years and it just like burned you can see like the burn aura yeah it from, looks like, real, like it looks bad <laughs> but yeah, yeah they don't it, notice it, it like they say like don't care yeah yeah at least like if you leave like a static image long enough on a tv it just like burns a yeah i know a lot of like like older smartphones like when oled panels first came out um a lot of older smartphones would get really really bad burning yeah that's when i learned uh, uh a good thing to fight burning is turning on static and like leaving that on for like 10 minutes or so that it's just like... it, if, if it's not too burnt in it can kind of help the LEDs chill out with uh, specific colors or something like that. Interesting. But... That's interesting. They should do. We should make like an art piece, just like burn in, like your logo or like. I feel I like know. there is some really cool stuff that. Now that you mentioned, there's probably also really cool art with that. I had a teacher that he did like, like TV art, and one of them was like. Cause you know, like when you break some TVs, like it it got it kind of has like cool colors and turns like pink, and yeah. then like he was like designing like an abstract kind of like a painting by like hitting it with a hammer. Oh, that's awesome! That's crazy. Yeah. Let me see if I could. I'll probably put something in the chat so I, if I find it. But yeah, that's the kind of process like you'd love to see. Like, what's their philosophy of like making sure that that works out how they want to? Yeah, because it could go random quick. I love unconventional art nowadays because that's the type of stuff, like, I feel like there's some people who go, ah, modern art sucks. That's not real art. What, what kind of skill takes mm. is involved in that? But, like, nah, like, yeah. there's, that's different, you know? Well, because the thing is, right, like, and this is, like, what I've been saying. Like, with a lot of people look at, like, you know, a modern art piece of art and be like, like, my five-year-old could have done that, right? I mean your five-year-old and the person that made that modern art is the person that made that modern art probably went to art school for the, the ten, for 10 years and not like can paint the most beautiful painting you've ever seen and they know the rules of art like back to front so that they can break them very intentionally and like you yeah know. absolutely and the thing is about the intention like if your intention is to be like take the piss then that's something different but like if your intention you know even if it's like a line or whatever and but you know, he's like, this is about post 9-11. Like, <laughs> that's your genuine intention. That's what's up. Like, I can't knock someone's feeling behind yeah. stuff. The thing is, I feel like the fact that, you know, that can spark a conversation of someone hating on it so strongly, that's just, they're only helping it become art with, with doing mm -hmm. that. It's still inciting mm -hmm. that strong mm -hmm. opinion. It's still strong. Yep. It, inciting some emotions in you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. Because you've got to you've got to be able to understand the conventions of art in, in order to break them down and you know like tell them to fuck off you know. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to uh, 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 the a friend of mine who did the cover for my EP. Uh, how it reminds me of comedy a lot. The best comedians and the best actors are like people who who understand the the form and the the cliches and they they know that and then jump off mm. with that foundation and yeah it translates yeah no if you like if you've got two people and they both did the same thing and one of them's like like 
oh yeah, I don't really know like why I did that or whatever. Whereas the other person is like, yeah, like I did this because like, I know that this is like a trope, like within this genre. And I really like wanted to go out of my way to like, like subvert that and whatever. Like, you know, even though they both did the same thing, like that level of knowledge from the second person about what they did completely elevates, um, elevates their work, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just wish more people sort of understood that about modern art instead of just being like, my five-year-old could have painted that. Like, <laughs> it's not yeah, that reaction, yeah there, that reaction is probably what they even, like, not everything is made for entertainment per se. Like, yeah. sometimes you want anger or you want, yeah, you know. And it's like as well, like, when people see, like, hyper-realistic art, like, people, like, love that shit right and i don't get it because i'm like like i I just take a photo if i want it to be like hyper realistic (laughs) that's the kind of thing that's like that that, that's exactly what's like oh you know if you know how to do that you're an amazing artist but what what can you do with that skill is what like yeah in terms of the entertainment value you know if people care about it from that audience Mm. standpoint well like to me someone who can who's good at hyper realistic art it's like being an incredibly talented guitarist, but you can't write music that has any emotion or can't connect with the listener, you know? A, a version uh, of that that I see now that I, I do like, like people that are really technically great at painting or drawing, is that they'll like, like I've seen this where it trips me out, where it's all paint, but they're painting like something from the internet real that's pixelated and like, like 144 pixels, but like in painting form. Mm. Yeah. Or like something that's like really blurry, like a blurry photo, but then they paint exactly how the blurry photo looks. Those translations are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've got mad respect for people who are like able to paint things like really realistically. Whatever. I think it's like technically like awesome. But like, when I'm looking at art, engaging with art, I'm like, I want, I want you to make me feel something. Right. Uh, looking at a one to one painting of something that already exists like does I mean personally doesn't achieve that because I'm like where's your personal touch like where's your meaning like what do you where's your story with this you know yeah for sure uh, but yeah I could talk about this shit for fucking ages because it pisses me off <laughs> um, that being said I, I I strive I strive to be a shredder like in my craft yeah like i mean like it's not about showing off it's just more like how y'all are saying like so i could break the rules so i but i know all the rules yeah i mean that's that's like a constant i will never and that's like the best part of being like artist musician like Hmm. if you're actually into it like you could constant you'll always be learning shit like you'll there's no such thing as like peak well yeah and I think like a, I think like a great example of this like in music is like death groups. Like if you actually you know, pay like here's my hot take right is that Sonic aside, death groups half the time are making pop music, right? Like, dude, if I, you as someone who took a long time to listen like death groups, when I first heard Money Store, it, like my first thing it was like this really reminds me of dance music. Like it's way more. Yeah like conventional than i thought it would have been based on what people talk about it as death groups is catchy as shit like if you listen to i've seen footage which by the way was hilarious because the block tv show actually used i've seen footage in it and that was hilarious on mainstream primetime television anyway um 
Like, if you listen to I've Seen Footage, like, that song is so catchy. Like, every time I think about that song, it gets stuck in my head for the next five hours. And, Bice, I don't know how familiar you are with Death Grips. Um, I love Death Grips. Those guys, yeah. yo, you could tell they're shredders, too. Like, Zach Hill is... He, yeah, he has but, a resume of being a crazy-ass drummer. Like, like, what I'm saying is, like, if you listen to Death Grips, like, they've got that conventional music genre shit, like, down pat. Like, they, like if they wanted to, I reckon they could genuinely get work with someone like taylor swift writing writing music because like it is that catchy oh, and like that conventional like half the time right but they do such a great job at using that foundation to create the most insane experimental shit you've ever heard because they know how to write a good catchy pop song death uh, swift they're, they're like i feel the same way about 100 gex you know like people yeah love to write them off because it kind of sounds goofy or whatever but, it's but they they're dylan brady for example has created some of your favorite records you don't even know it and yeah laura their songwritings like like genuinely come from the heart even if it doesn't like connect like that's the kind of stuff it's you know it, it's on one hand it sucks that people write it off so easily but at the same time i'm, I'm happy to be on the side that can that can recognize the mm. the the intent going into it yeah yeah and I, it's fun ass music exactly it's just fun they hear ska they're like why are you even listening to ska bro because it makes me laugh I, I, it makes me fun it makes fun to listen to yeah it makes me think too like all like maybe the genres i maybe rejected or something like why why reject like there's like this fruit there's merit all this. yeah there's, yeah it's all art yeah 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 the only genres I won't listen to are rap and country. Everything country. else is good. Yeah, I hate country. <laughs> we nah. should all put that in our bios again. I, I love everything, smiley face, except country. <laughs> nah, I've, I've even come around to country in the last, like, year or two. There's like, a few country artists. It's, it's, that's one of those, that's one of those genres that's, that's a real victim of just bastardization and commercialized coming at the top and that's pretty much if you're not into it that's going to be all you're going to be aware of but you could go high sure but there's if some like fight, really like cart wrenching songs in, in country if you yeah. if you find like i love finding like um really gothic country like country music that's like sounds like it's like about some guy who is like on a rampage because his lover was murdered or like some shit like that like, yeah, it's like kind of like cartel like, vibe country. Yeah, like, 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 like country. Yeah, yeah, like Nick Cave, uh, like yeah, great yeah. example. What music oh. did you grow up listening to? The stuff that was being played, like before I like, like I started choosing what I was into. I guess right. Um, the music that I was more exposed to because my family was like uh, Tejano music. Um, a popular example of that is like Selena. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's like the regional music here, like Tejano, Cumbia, which is basically like dance polka, Spanish polka. Hey, Selena's really good on Cumbia too. Hell yeah. I, yeah. I was really, I was really embarrassed because uh, on Reddit, I saw people talking about Selena and I'm like, damn, like Selena Gomez, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was talking about. <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, there's, there's a huge group right now 
they're called uh, Grupo Frontera. They're like huge now, um, but they're from my county, and their music's great. Uh, Grupo Frontera. I think I could type. I could type in here, right? Yeah, and yeah, there's a best VC <laughs> in the side there. They're like shout out a band that's like hella. They're probably like one of the most popular bands right now. But that kind of music is pretty much the music I grew up with, and it's tight that that's now very popular music. I remember I, we saw with my parents. I saw them on Jimmy Kimmel, like on TV. And they're like, this is good, but like, why is this popular now? Because this is like just stuff we listen to, like normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tight that, or another example is like Peso Pluma, um, who is also tight. But that kind of music, um, that kind of music that uh, I grew up listening to. Um, and then like, you know, in high school, you discover like, like Wu-Tang and Radiohead and stuff and that mm. got me on the the journey of like yeah like yo like, I, I actually have a quick question for you Bice. i'm just out of, out of curiosity real quick yes um because i like spent a little bit of time in texas so when i spent some time there i got like exposed to like a couple of different like cumbia artists and shit like that um are you familiar with a dj named el dusty not i have not heard of him Oh, okay, yeah, he's based out of Corpus Christi, um, but yeah, he, like, was, he's, like, a, like, he's, like, an older dude, but he, like, spins a ton of different cumbia and, like, blends it with, like, different genres and shit like that, so, it has been yeah. mad, I, 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 I'm up here. yeah, it's mad interesting, so, like, it's, I've been seeing, like, how it's kind of, like, blowing up a little bit more, and, like, yeah, like, Peso Pluma and shit like that, it's, that shit is hard, yeah, that shit is super, super dope. Yeah, especially if you're, like lit too <laughs> <laughs> valid as fuck yeah i feel like just like the li- the live instrumentation side of it and then like the way they're blending electronic music instruments into that now too it's just like really really cool but like i actually had a question for you because i know we we're like kind of joking about like we we're joking about country earlier and shit like that would you consider like tejano music to be like close to like a, a form of country or is it like there's i know there's distinct differences obviously but like when you break it down culturally, the, the, are there like parallels there? Because I always felt like there were, but I never really got to ask anybody. That's a yeah, that's a good question. Because what what is like what is country really like? Is it like um is that like American like outlaw music in it or like? I would say that like to to me, I guess if I was to describe country, and this is like from my linear perspective, I've been exposed to it by a couple of different folks. Um, and, like, even, like, in, like, BH, like, Ashlyn, like, fucking loves country, and, like, so does, like, Joba, like, all the guys from Texas are, like, really big country heads, so, like, they, like, showed me, like, George Strait and shit like that, I just feel like it's, um, ultimately, like, the music of, like, Americana culture at the end of the day, like, Southern Americana culture, and Southern Americana culture revolves around, um, like, homesteading, and like the like homesteading lifestyle. Sorry, I have like some sirens and shit like that around me. Um, but yeah, like I think that it's really just lifestyle music about like a specific type of American culture. And the sounds and the lyrics are all kind of like indicative and representative of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like interesting to me because I always like I I don't fully understand like like, I know some Spanish, but I don't know enough Spanish to, like, fully understand the songs, if that makes sense. 
but there's like some like Puerto Rican music and Dominican music and like Tejano music and shit like that that I listen to and I'm like, yo, this feels very like country esque, but I wouldn't call it country, you know. What you're saying makes me see the connection more because even aesthetically, like a lot of it's like very like domestic ranch and like hmm. like taking care of the land ish vibes and a lot of tejano and stuff like that is <laughs> pretty much about that i mean even aesthetically like the cowboy hats and like the ranching and the ca literal cattleness <laughs> or cowness of the yeah and is the pride for linked. where you're from and all that shit you know like it's just interesting yeah yeah it's it's not like the super cliche thought of a cowboy we think usually think of like a white dude on a horse like literally you're we're starting to see now like cowboys are literally like all demographics like you got black cowboys you got like how we're saying like a tejano cowboy like we have that around here so there's definitely i feel absolute overlap in those those genres and their subjects yeah, that shit is mad interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, like, I'm curious to learn more of, like, that, like, cultural side of music, because that shit is so fucking dope. And, like, I feel like I've definitely heard the influence of that in, like, some of, like, the beat tapes that you, like, put out in time and whatnot, where it was just, like, yo, like, the, the percussion and, like, the instrumentation that's, like, surrounding, like, the drum patterns and shit like that. It's just, um... It's like, where did this come from? Um, a lot of it probably comes from, like, the shit that you, like, grew up on and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, and, like, it was, like, natural and intentional because I was, like, I wanted to link, like, the stuff I was hearing that I love, like, Flying Lotus and whatnot, then link it with, like, kind of my upbringing. Like, kind of connect the heavy bass music I love with, the regional kind of Tejano stuff. Like, how can I meet that in the middle, like, with my rhythms and stuff? Because I I love both, and I want to, like, I don't know. I felt like that was the realest thing I could try to do for some of those songs. So how long have you actually been making music? Hell yeah. Um, uh, make it, like, productions? Like, 10 years. But I, before that, I was, like, in pop punk bands and nice. i've been drumming since in middle school like i got in band in middle school in drums so um the ear that you all have for like the the rhythmic stuff i do like it really stems from that like my upbringing in, in percussion i think too how, cool. how much of how early was it when you started making like your own stuff like like 10 years ago so you, you didn't never like wrote like or kind of jammed out like to something that you kind of thought of yourself oh like before that yeah um usually it was in tandem in bands like guitar bands um right. and I, I would play drums and i i we we would like write i would like write you know what i would write in i don't know if they still exist or what it's called is it guitar i think it's called guitar pro and sibelius they're pretty much like notation oh. software i remember sibelius. trying and, like tab software um, I remember I would try to write for the band like that. So now that you bring it up, yeah, I think I was composing even before like. God, oh my god, I definitely used that shit before, and definitely. Yeah, the tab maker. 
Yeah, I've written tabs out and shit like that before with like homies that were like in bands and whatnot, and like they like taught me that's yo those programs are fucking classics. <laughs> yeah, Sibelius, yeah. fucking throwback to like high school music class. For real, <laughs> but like actually using it for dope shit. That shit used to be so crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, hell yeah, and like before I knew theory, I knew like three on guitar fret two or something. Or... Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, dude. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, those those uh tab makers and stuff were were, were tight. Um, yeah. What were the what, what were some of the names of the bands you were a part of? Okay, yeah, this was funny. The first band I was in, it's silly. We were called Police Code Three Fourteen, <laughs> which is that police code is a uh, public indecency. That's uh-huh. that's kind of I cut that's real that's a good name. Yeah, we're like probably inspired by like Blink One Eight Two or something, which I don't think means anything. But yeah, please go three fourteen oh, public. And... <laughs> and um, a band Sorry. that I'm pretty proud of that I was in was called uh, the King's Jet Fighters, and then I was in another one called Thoughtless. And nice. if you scourge the internet, you'll probably find... I was about to ask how much of that music is uh, searchable and findable. Thoughtless, spelled like like thoughtless, and okay. uh, is definitely searchable on Bandcamp. And I do like that stuff. It's like pop punk emo. What 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 bands are influences on your pop punk emo stuff? Um, <laughs> a, a lot, especially coming from their end, like... Like American football and Blink One Eight Two and yeah, Jawbreaker. Cool. Uh, Captain, we're super into like Captain Jazz and like yeah. kind of like Math Rocky stuff. Awesome. Peace yeah, out. we interview a lot of artists like that on our show. Um, so it's yeah, yeah. I still have yeah. love for that that type that music i still love that music that so that is that kind of where you were pulling from for something like vicky yeah for sure like the vocals and stuff oh man that song such a so good thank thank you yeah that was like my first pop hit from the most known unknown (sighs) whatever that means So what made you like pivot from like band live stuff into production? You sounded like you're kind of separating those. Yeah, and I say that with like I'm still interested in being in bands. Mm. I think I think and it, it's probably like a few things. One of them being just efficiency and like just being like once no one is around, do I still make music? Sure, on the computer. Um mm. Like I, I had I st- again. I still have interest in being bands, but like the the logistics of people being around sometimes wasn't cutting it. So I'm just like, I still want to songwrite. So, um, we got a DAW, so let's figure that shit out. Hmm. Um, and also I just a lot of artists I love are just like, I know it's like, um, like in it's. It's natural now just to get a computer, get a DAW, and get shit cracking. But like a lot of artists I love is also just like singular stuff. We're talking like AFX Twin. I remember 
I remember even like being into like Animal Collective. I'm like, they're making all this noise with just like samplers. That's crazy. Like I want, I want to get into this electronic realm. Yeah. Electronic music is fucking fire. That's like, yeah. that was my gateway into getting into music. Who are, you, some, who are some of your favorite electronic artists outside of, aside from Apex Twin, obviously? I think, just to expand electronic, my, a lot of my favorite artists uh, are like producers, just rap producers. Uh, mm. I mentioned like Wu-Tang earlier. Um, DJ Shadow was pretty big for me because like mm -hmm. that was the first time I heard like, oh, you could make an album out of other like just samples i know that's like natural now but like at the time that was like mind-blowing um a lot of current trap producers i would like even like you know like metro boomin and mm. uh Southside and um mike will i don't think i i don't know if i sound like that but i just love that music uh mm. like a lot of my favorite artists are producers especially in the rap realm mm -hmm. um yeah i think Absolutely. Um, oh, I love like Arca. Uh, I would say like yeah. Sophie's probably like one of my favorite Sophie. musicians. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I um definitely agree with you. I think like in rap, like like for like I think I listen to Metro Boomin more than I listen to the rappers that he produces for. Um. Yeah, one, one, Wonder Girl's tight, London on the Track's tight, um, Wheezy's tight, all, all those, all those, for Pierre, of course. Mm. Are you into Clams Casino? Oh, yeah, he, he's yeah. awesome. I would say I was pretty inspired by him, too. Mm -hmm. um, Jay Dilla, of course. New, um, New Jabez? What's that? New Jabez? Oh, New Jabez, of course, rest in peace yeah. to both. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the all the producer heavy hitters, Q-Tip, mm. um, Tribe's last album, Hot Take Alert, I think is their best album, uh, and it made me realize like, damn, Q-Tip really is a goat. Like the production on that on Tribe's last album is amazing. I would, I know it's probably critically lauded, but like I would suggest hearing it again. It's an amazing, yeah, Tribe album. No, it's probably my favorite Tribe album, so I can agree with you on that one. Yeah, it's it's super dope. Production is so great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, um, bef I, I don't know how much longer we have left, but I just want to say, uh, Rick is Ugly just came out with an album or a project. Sorry, an EP yesterday. And um, I did. I um, I have questions too. Damn. This man really did it. <laughs> also, Dom Dom also has a uh, a couple tracks that just got released like this past couple weeks, mm -hmm. and they're Streaming tight. Darling, uh, uh, yeah, opening statement and Darling. I think opening statement just came out like yeah right now. So shout out to you. <laughs> Thank you, <bro. laughs> this is this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, excited for the, I'm excited for whatever you got else going coming on are you coming with like a project ice project yeah i got a bunch of stuff that's coming out i'm just like trying to like warm it up again and just like get people used to having music out from me and whatnot and like even the cycle of putting stuff out independently it's a different like protocol and order of operations and shit but 
Mm-hmm. We're where we've like finally got it down. So now we're like starting to get the ball rolling on shit and once just you, um yeah. Once you get Yo, Twitter back, it's over. <laughs> can can I ask you a question about streaming? Talk to um, me. Like I've been I've been heavily interested in like the different avenues of it cuz look, we all know the story. These streaming services are fucking shit and Oh when yeah. People, when we when we talk about and look, I use them, I'm guilty of that blah, blah, blah. But like when we start talking about things like NFTs and stuff, people get like a sad face, but I'm like, is streaming any better than this alternative form? So I'm just like wondering, and I'm starting to see some cool avenues. There's one called Nina Protocol. I don't know. If, I need to put that in there. Super worth following, but it's also like an alternative like platform where they're, you know, they have like a hookup with the artists where they, yes, are paying them way more, but they also have like it's just a different type of platform. I need to put it in the chat because it's really worth oh, checking out. Oh yeah, I, like okay. So if you, if you guys don't mind, is it cool if I like throw some insight into this? No, yeah, no this, yeah. that's perfect. Okay, but so um, I've been like you know spending a lot of time looking at just the world that we live in and like what what is valued at what, if that makes sense, on like a big picture level. And we all know that music um, is probably in, like, its least valuable place when it comes to a consumer, like, good um, in the current state of the world, right? Yes. Um, it's just, like, you know, a stream is, is worth nothing. Um, and it's not necessarily the fault of the consumer, nor is it the fault of the artist. It's more the fault of the infrastructure that's been built out to get people to use the service and how that's not profitable. Um, similar to Netflix, if that makes sense. Um, or similar to Amazon, <laughs> where a lot of these big companies, and even Twitter, like these big companies will operate at a loss on purpose to get a bunch of people to use the service and then try to charge them later on. Um, so that's just like common practice when it comes to Silicon Valley business tech. And then when you start to understand that, and we start to understand like what people really want to do, which is get as many people to use their platform as possible. If folks are willing to pay artists what they're actually worth for their art to get people to use their platform, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. It's not, it's no different than me commissioning an artist to make a work that I'm going to put in a museum that people have to pay and go see. And it's, it's, I definitely think that there are a lot of ethics that need to be clarified that are questionable within it. But the reality of the situation is just like it's in you're you're in a developmental space for this shit right now. Like it's kind of the wild west, so you can build what you want to see rather than having to play by the rules of what's been laid out and made for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I understand why people cry foul about the things, but also the only thing that we can do besides cry foul is better. Or just succumb to the same circumstances and protocols that exist. And I think that, the, the, like for me, the way I look at music right now, and even my music, right, is um, streaming is just an advertisement platform. Yeah, it's, a, it's a convenient way for people to be able to digest the work that I want them to be able to see on a um, mainstream commercial platform, but that doesn't have to be all of my work. 
and I can have other work that people are, you know, invested in for various reasons. Even like the live streaming stuff that we do, and even like this Discord community, the people who have invested in it by like boosting the server and stuff like that. Um, it's all for different reasons, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with the music. You know what I mean? Um, and some of it does, and then like, and there's some things where it's like eventually I want to be able to start getting more to a like direct to consumer model where I'm just giving people the music and they can buy it if they want to mm. and stream it if they want to. But they don't feel, but I feel like there's also been like a pressure on the consumer market to like get people to stream music as much as possible. And I don't think that that's necessarily healthy. Um, I think that, you know, people should listen to music when they feel like it and when they want to and not necessarily feel pressured to support folks. And it's like, if you can give someone $2 or $3 for a song that you like, rather than having to stream it for 18 hours, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, that's, just, that's just sensible to me. And I think that um, there's, as, as long as like, it's like, as long as it's a democratic approach to it, I'm, I'm into the idea. When it stops becoming democratic, that's when it's just like, all right, y'all ain't doing nothing but what everybody else is fucking doing. But I think that we're in a space in the world where we can ideally start to step away from the like entertainment industry to establish an economy for creative people. Yeah, I feel you. Just because it's like the mainstream way of doing it, you know, which I'm still going to do, like putting on Spotify, et cetera, doesn't mean there's <laughs> other avenues. Like you see that even I saw it. If you think of like a Mac Homie, the rapper, where yep, absolutely. He, he would sell his thing for like $1,000. And, and I, it wouldn't be on streaming for like three years. And it was like, I didn't, there, there's records that of Mac Homie that I didn't even know came out. They go on streaming and I'm like, oh, this is dope. And I listen to it on my convenience. I'm not like a diehard Mac Homie fan. But like for the people who are, they heard it three years ago. You know, and it's like, oh, that's tight. That's a dope experience if I'm like a super fan of this person. So yeah. he, he, here's my question then. So, you, you know, you mentioned avenues outside of the entertainment industry for creatives. But how would you stop that from just becoming another entertainment industry that's running in parallel with the current entertainment industry? I think that the thing that makes it an industry is the way that the structure and the utility of the community is developed, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think that it necessarily needs to be an entertainment industry because by design, an entertainment industry works around a growth model, like an infinite mm -hmm. growth model. Yeah, Like you have to always be getting more people to listen to your music, always getting more people to stream, always getting more people, more people, more people, more people, more people, instead of cultivating the people that are actually there already. And like yeah. giving care to them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I feel like there's room for um smaller communities to exist that can ultimately be like self sustainable within yeah. like supporting each other and shit like that. You know, it's and, crazy. Um, oh, go on. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Someone who's going crazy on doing that is Larus. Uh, how did I say Larusso? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's like. He seems to be doing like everything you need to do to establish a fan base. L A R U S S E L L. He yeah, he just so hit cool. a million followers all by himself. 
and he he does a really interesting things. So you know he does he has L-A-R-U. like all S S E L L. Yeah, and I he, saw my first sponsored post by him on my Instagram page like this week, and I was genuinely happy to see it. Dude, like I saw him a long time ago, and like I was like, get your money, black man, let's fucking go. Like you see him rapping, and it's just really fun. Then you see how there's like. 50 60 people in a crowd in a backyard all loving it you check out his account and he has like all these avenues for his fans to support them like consciously not like funneling them to check out the spotify or whatever he has like uh stock so people can buy their the music for how much they want and based on that amount based on the growth they They'll get some kickback. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah, the stuff that this, I'm talking about too. Like, yeah, it's like alternative. Platform. Yeah, it's really sick. This platform called Even. Um, we should actually have the guy who runs that um on Neighborhood Radio. Cause that'd be crazy. Really cool people's with him, but he's um, but like basically what the platform, the way that the platform works is this is a pay as you want model, but you get to like be able to purchase and listen to the music before it comes out on streaming, and like. Which I think it's like a 90-10 split to the artist or something like that. But this dude got like, I think like 4,000 people to buy his record and made like a quarter million dollars off of that. Yes. Where it would have taken like 2 billion streams to do that or some shit. Like it was like crazy. This year, like, so the uh, his stats, is said uh, total revenue, 148K, 6,700 6, 6, 6, fans, $22 was the average sale price. That's ninety one, and then there was ninety one thousand streams on even, and that's the equivalent of forty two million. Like that's that scaling is 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 just actually mind blowing. Yeah, I I read one, I read um a stat that like if you buy someone's album on Bandcamp, it's like streaming it every single day for three years. Yeah, it's crazy. Talking about this just makes me realize like. Just because there is these established, like monolith streaming things, doesn't mean you can't create alternative avenues of like how to consume music. Like, mm-hmm. and it and it's, I think yeah, and like I think maybe when we like grew up, like we wanted to be rock stars with a trillion eyes on us. But to me, and maybe I can speak for all of us, like making music, the value. Yes, we kind of want to live off our. That's like an ideal thing, but. The value is like just someone being like, this is fucking dope. Like the thing you're making, like one to one, like this is tight. I don't, mm-hmm. I'd rather have, you know, a handful of people into it rather than like a thousand million passive listeners. Exactly. Like, 100%. Yeah, there's an Australian hip hop group um, and they have a lyric that always resonated with me in one of their songs, um, which is I'd rather be part of you, part of your playlist than ever be part of the A-list. Um, and like I heard yeah. that when I was like twelve, and I'm like, like that's like influenced, like <laughs> yeah, my opinion on that. that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and... like it, it, it sucks because none of these avenues are like put in the forefront at all. Like I, I'm only like I only see this stuff like through random Instagram ads. But well, I mean that's also by design. You know exactly, what I'm I mean, like that's the thing. Like that's what I was gonna say is like, it, it's it, it's it takes it requires a conscious effort. But the great part is is like, you know. There's so many people who really do care about this shit. It's just finding those mm-hmm. people. And it's also like you're making a conscious decision when you decide not to be on these platforms and play their game to have to play a new one. If that makes I mean, sense. 
Yeah, and yeah. like I'm starting to see like all these artists who are only dropping music on like Instagram, for example, like Polo Perks just did a song. Um, it was tight. He rapped over "Real Friends" by Kanye, and like that should mm-hmm. go gangbusters if he put that on streaming. But uh, like, it just looks like he's just keeping it on IG. Uh, Play- Playboy, everyone's you know going wild with the Playboy yeah. party songs. Those are just on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely for like just throwing stuff on YouTube for a while and just letting it exist there. I think that like also too, being an that. artist. Sorry, I was going to say, like, being an artist, the thing about it is, like, you're in, like, you're kind of in the attention economy more than you're in the quality economy. Yeah, definitely. Um, In modern society, at least. Yeah, like, look at 6 9 Like, he's <laughs> not a musician. He's a social media, like, personality. And he's still weirdly <laughs> big as hell. Well, I mean, as long as you're good at drawing attention to yourself, you'll be able to make money in America. Mm. That's, like, the, the reality of the situation. Like, it's always a charity contest more than anything else. But yeah. I think that, like, with, I don't know, man, like, with that being said, there's, like, this, there's this space between where you don't necessarily have to play that game. But, like I said, you got to be conscious that you're playing a new one and making, and maybe potentially making the playing field as you go. And um, just, like, be patient with that process. And I think that, like you were saying, Vice, a lot of people, like, have always wanted to, like, you know, be a rock star or be on the radio and stuff like that. But it's, like... You don't necessarily need that in order to have a sustainable career for yourself. Like, you can, like, I think that people don't realize how much 500 people is or 1,000 people is. Right. Like, I know. You're getting yeah. 500, if you're getting 300 likes on something, you're filling most, most, like, rooms in America. You know what I'm saying? Like, besides, like, major stages and shit like that. But, like, if you were to put, like, 300 people in a restaurant, you would be stressed the fuck out. That's you know so what I'm saying? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think with this attention economy, we'd like to like compare ourselves to like Drake or like mm-hmm. someone that's just a ridiculous amount and who arguably or not arguably have payola inside their their. There's shit. literally your machine, yeah. So like, I don't. It's kind of like a toxic thing that maybe even I was guilty of. Where I'm like, damn, I'm not popping, but dude, if. Like you said, even if it's like 20 people who are actually listening to you, like who care about what you're doing, that's so, that's so great. Like, that's like awesome. Like if you were to imagine if the 300 likes, they're in a room and they were listening to your music, you know how good you would feel? Like, yeah, that's like what I, like when I looked at my Spotify rap this year and I had like 264 fans or something. And I'm like, I was sort of thinking like, that's a quarter of my high school. Like, that would be fucking... Like, if I found out that a quarter of my high school listened to my music, I'd be like, holy fuck, like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's real as fuck. Absolutely so, like, real as fuck. Also, like, these numbers are so disproportionate, too, because it's like... I just feel like the value of a million streams has been, like, insanely diluted. Like, the value of a, of a record sale has been diluted because of what the value of a stream is. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just, like, the streams don't really matter. It's, like, the pe- the people who are listening and, like, you know... What they're, what they're doing with the music and how they live to it and shit. That shit matters the most. Absolutely. And there's, there's homies, I'm sure you, you'll see that, like, are in the cut. Like, they're not announcing that they're, that they're listening, but they'll say later, like, yo, like, that shit was dope. Like, I didn't say anything on Instagram or whatever, but, like, so, like, it's probably even more uh, affecting even outside these metrics that we see on the screen. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yo, Zeke. Yeah. What is uh, your artist name? Uh, Zeke Lanham. W- Zeke what? Lanham. L-A-N-H-A-M. That's just my real name. L-A-M. Uh, L-A-N. L-A-N. H-A-M. All right, tight. I'm like writing down with a pen real like <laughs> 300 BC. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> yeah, like it's like you know, look at someone like Logic, for example. Like Logic isn't the most popular guy in the world, but he has the most dedicated fan base. And whenever he releases shit, like his pure sales, like where people buy the record, are like always like significantly like outweigh like every single other rapper. Like if you can get a fan base like Logic's, like yeah, we need to like, annex Logic's yeah. fan base. <laughs> nah, shout out Logic. I. I do have a lot of respect for him, and um, that's yeah, like kind of- I'm not. I feel that. I think the, thing, the big thing about that, like with with artists like that and people like that, is regardless of how you feel about like what they do or their art or the quality of the art or anything like that, they show up for the people that show up for them, mm-hmm. and that shit's really fucking important. Um, I'm even still like trying to get better at showing up for the people that show up for me. Like I feel so fucking grateful for people's support, yeah. but. I traditionally am part of the silent, like, majority rather than the vocal minority on anything in my life, including myself. So I'm, like, working on being more vocally supportive of the people that support me because it's, like, that that really goes a long-ass way. And that's, like, the difference between, like, a Jay Paul versus a Frank Ocean. Like, you know, they're both, like, artists that, you know, have a reputation for like being completely mysterious and silent and not dropping music or anything. But the difference is that when Jay Paul does speak, you can tell that he is so immensely grateful for the fact that people have stuck around with him, even though he hasn't been releasing music. Whereas every single time Frank Ocean speaks, like he just comes across as like, like kind of arrogant and like, kind of like he takes his fan base for granted. Um, and so I think like, like that's such a great example of like the importance of, being there for the people, yeah, like you say, Dom, like being there for the people who show up. That, that's uh, that's good to, I think that's good, like something to like aspire to. Just being vocally, just knowing how good it feels, and like feels validated when someone gives their support in an organic way. Just to kind of show that to the person, that, the people that you're into. Um, and and you know, it's complex. Some people's personalities are like even me. Like you feel shy, or you feel like oh, no one's saying it, so maybe it's not valid but you know if you feel love for someone i think there's there's always room and you should, probably should like mm. show it out i mean even support from y'all and you know little supportive comments from like dom and stuff that's like kept me being like okay maybe what i'm doing is dope like i i care about it and mm-hmm. people are receiving yeah. it that's 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 the goal right like that's like mm-hmm. people are affected that's like that's all it, that's what it's about i feel yeah, definitely. Jamie Absolutely. Said, you know, Jamie said support comes in different forms. And I think like from an artist, it's hard to like keep that in mind, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, this, the numbers, everything, even if the, you know, better perspective on what 20 people might mean, you know, if, you know, like it sounds, it feels good to have someone just tell you straight up how they feel about it, how much they like what you do. And, but yeah, that's another thing you got to like, 
hopefully you can notice those other avenues like just like those little story likes on when you say i release into music that like that's someone who acknowledged that you're putting forward art even if they didn't necessarily say anything if they haven't said anything that's someone who's paying attention you know mm. and that's yeah, really valuable sure. too yeah there's yeah there's like no rule like rules for this new kind of forms of like of like showing love and stuff and it's under like a system that's like you know from a corporate meta universe sure. or whatever the fuck but like like you said i think showing that even in the smallest ways usually even when i like stuff i'm like i i have to at least acknowledge like besides just passively yeah. like i want to actually look at this thing and respect it like at, even in no one has to know either like i want to practice that like exactly. actually like a healthy consumption of good artists yeah. and stuff yeah see something i find i've noticed that i find really fucking bizarre right and it doesn't make sense to me, but something I've noticed is that people devalue artists that don't have high monthly listen accounts on Spotify, right? Like, I will show someone an artist, and if that's just as good as, like, another artist they like that's, like, got, like, 200,000 monthly listeners or whatever, but maybe this artist has 150 monthly listeners, right? But for some reason, that immediately makes this person not treat them as, like, a legitimate artist. Like, they act yeah, like... Yeah, to I'm get rid of that shit immediately. Yeah. Honestly, the like, same it, way like, they got rid of, like, the way they were trying to get rid of the like count on Twitter, they should have done that shit with monthly listeners on Spotify yeah. a long time ago. I, if I show someone an artist with 150 monthly listeners, even if they're really fucking good, people always act like I'm showing them, like, my friend, like, some, <laughs> like, amateur. Like, yo, like, yo, like, yo, like show they me. just don't... Yeah. No, go for it, Rick. Or... I, was, I was just gonna say, like, they don't take it seriously. Like, they just act like, oh, like, that's nice, darling. Like, that's their type of reaction to artists with small monthly listeners. We gotta change that. Uh, we gotta make it cool to show people with, like, below, like... Right. Make it cool, make it cool to yeah. show your friends rather than like the hot new Cardi song. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Anyway. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. Oh, so, I agree. This shit annoys me so much. Like that's like that's even like, better. Like the fact that like hey, I'm I'm showing you someone that I know, and I'm gonna show you some really cool music. Like I, that, yeah. that 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 should be such like that should be a flex. Yeah, yeah, and yeah it's yeah, like. It, it's like it's it not like, a new flex. Don't show me something yeah. that's on my YouTube front page. Like. I've already seen that. You know, yeah, everyone. But people, that. people. The thing is, though, and this is the mindset that is. It's just you're not gonna break through, unfortunately. People, most people in my experience, like music to be trendy, right? Like you see in like the Australian music scene, right? Like surf rock, like kind of chilled out, like indie is like what's cool right now, right? And anyone who's trying to be cool or trendy, like will like that kind of stuff. And like I know so many people. That if you show them anything other than that kind of music, like they won't like it, um, and it's just really hard to like break through that mindset. And then you know the similar mindset there then is that people don't want to be associated with music that has like a hundred monthly listeners because to them it's not cool, and to them it doesn't. I think that this is it. I'll put it this way: when it comes to listening to music in social settings, you want to be able to have sing along moments with like multiple people. Oh, like, absolutely. As, yeah. Like even being as a DJ, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm, absolutely. And yeah. I have to balance between like playing the music that my friends make and the music that people like know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In no, ways absolutely. where it's it, it just it, it keeps the value high to mm. everything that's being offered to the table. And I think that that's also yeah. a thing too, is like oh, absolutely sometimes yeah. it's a matter of like being able to like throw the things you like in the mix of the things that everybody else likes and mm. 
not even saying or doing anything about it or showing. They'd be like, hey, look at this. Like, it's not just there. It's, it's there like everything else is there, you know? And, um, yeah. and, and just, and, you know, making it more commonplace for that to be something. That's like something that like a lot of my favorite um, selectors have always done in life is like they'll be able to blend things that I'm familiar with with things I've never heard of before. And then it makes me go down a rabbit hole of like, what was that thing that I never heard before, you know? And then now I'm learning about two-step and garage and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Garage. Garage. Urban. What do you call it? Two-step. Now we've got, what do you call it? By while it's yeah. So what, this, what Shami said, make a dope eclectic playlist with a little stuff people know and don't know. That's really how, because this conversation to, yeah, because we know how we think, right? Like, saying like well you should you should listen to this even though, that's not really gonna make it cool you could actually make things cool and that's like a tactic like playlist or a dj set where you meld both worlds yeah um i think bridges that to like a oh these are the no. emerging six that, shit that's like what i do if i'm like making a playlist for a girl or something i'll make it like 80 percent like trendy shit and then like 20 percent like random stuff that i just like needle in there in between my favorite thing is like what i what i try to do with that is i i treat artists that i'm a fan of like any other artists like afk or you know or even your music like genuinely like when i put it into a playlist and i'm showing people some music it's just like yo this is a super cool artist and i I, you know like it's i'm I'm just as much of a a fan of them you know and I, i agree like making it like trying to make someone who isn't really invested into it consciously invested like you can't you can't do that it has to be right, it's natural yeah it's like 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 you know like with you have to give people a chance to discover shit that's really 100 absolutely absolutely like i remember yeah i remember like when brockhampton came out and i was showing everyone at high school and like no one gave a fuck but then triple j made it the like saturation 2 their feature album of the month um, and suddenly everyone was like, oh my God, like Brockhampton's amazing. And like that, that was the moment that made me realize that, yeah, like I have to just let people get into shit on their, like in a way that makes them invested rather than me trying to force it onto them. See, um, like, like that, that, that's a it, good it, thing that it can, can happen like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we have the power to make it cool and rather than like preachy. Like, yeah. No, definitely. Just definitely. think of like, how we would want to receive something like yeah. Like, at first, I was annoyed, because I was like, man, like, I showed you guys, like, this band, like, th- like three months ago, but then it, I, then I slowly realized, actually, you know what, it's because it, they heard it in a setting that makes it cool and makes it interesting, rather sure. than their annoying guy at, at high school being like, yo, check this out. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where it's like, now they have a moment where they can all sing along to a song together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's being exposed yeah. to, like, a way that's, like... It's being exposed to them in a social manner. And I, that was something mm-hmm. that I really noticed that was interesting about um, Australia, um, Australian radio, is, like, the fact that you guys have, like, and also this ha- happens in Europe as well, too. Like, in America, we have, like, a million different fucking radio stations. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, like, Triple J is everywhere, if that makes sense. Oh, I prefer, triple, if it's not, if you're not getting played on Triple J, like, you're not getting... You don't, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, like, in America, you have, like, Hot 97, and that's just New York's radio station. The only reason that that's popularized is because people had to go to New York for press runs. And that was the radio station that they had to go to because it was attached to iHeartMedia. 
you know, um, or what used to be iHeartMedia, which is now whatever, like, which was now iHeartMedia, you know, like, but like that type of shit. It's like when you like start to learn how to follow the money and shit like that as well, too. It's like super split up in America, but in like other places, like especially in you know, places like Australia, it's like if you want your music to be in a social environment, just point it towards Triple J, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what kind of music does Triple J play? Like all types? Um, they play like, everything. Everything, yeah, like, at the moment, you know, like I sort of mentioned earlier, like, it's very much, like, a lot of, like, indie surf rocky kind of stuff, um, but, yeah, like, they, yeah, they, like, they're responsible for, like, Flume, um, got big from Triple J, um, like, the chats, like, Smoko, Smoko by the chats, I'm not sure if you've heard that, but, um, like, they're playing at Coachella and stuff now, and they got, like, were on Triple J, and they're, like, a punk band, um, but yeah, no, Triple J is like, yeah, it's, I've never really thought about it before, but it is very monolithic in Australia due to that. Um, and that's like a great point that I, yeah, haven't really considered about that, like social setting and stuff. Music, yeah, yeah music is so situational, true. dude. Like I didn't, definitely like, I it's true. in time in life for me where it's funny, this is like such a random album for me to have this moment with, you know, but yeah, um, fucking Magna Carta, Holy Grail. I remember when that fucking album like came out i was just like yo i don't get this this is like way this is like hella melodramatic and kind of trash to me just like sonically you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and run it over and Holy i was grand. just yeah and i was just sitting in my house like listening to it on my laptop speakers and it did nothing for me you know what i'm saying I and yeah, I was going to say, but then, like, and this is like, how I felt about the whole project. And then there was a point in time in my life, I was in a airport, and I had my fucking music on shuffle, and that, like, one of the songs off that album came on, and I was like, oh, this is music to, like, feel like you're the shit to. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like the shit right now going through this airport, so this music is great for this moment. It feels like yeah. I'm in a fucking movie scene. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I was like, oh, music is, like, so fucking situational when it comes to this type of stuff because things that I could, like, absolutely just not be into when I'm listening to it either by myself in, like, an isolated setting, like, at home could be something that I absolutely love when I'm with a group of people. And, like, yeah, that's how I feel about, like, Cardi and shit like that. Um, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was literally just about to say, like, like that sort of like 2016, 2017 era of hip hop, like Lil Pump, like XXX Tentacion, like I guess all that like Florida like stuff. Like, like I've always said to people, like if you don't like, and I, obviously I don't speak for everyone here, but for me, I've always felt a song like Gucci Gang. Like if you don't like Gucci Gang, you just didn't weren't at parties and stuff like in that era. Because if you were at parties in that era and heard Gucci Gang, you would love it because of that social setting of just being in a room with 50 people chanting gucci gang like you know <laughs> uh like that shit's like mad fun valid um, point. no yeah, for yeah. sure like everybody has those times like basically like whatever the music is from like whatever your age 17 to like 23 mm-hmm. whatever popular music is of that era that's like what that is for you like for me that's like yeah. Rocky. yeah no like legit but um yeah i'm not saying like i'm not saying people have to like little pump or that they they missed out if they didn't like it or whatever. But, no, no, you know, no. Like, yeah. like for me personally, like, I was at parties during that era where that music would be played that it wouldn't make sense to you, and that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Life. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, Listen to burial in the rain. 
Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah. I um I've got a like one of my favorite things to do is like like I never listen to burial like through the day, but like if it's raining, I'll go sit in my spa outside at like ten o'clock at night in the rain listening to burial and it's like the best album ever made in that moment. You listen <laughs> to things with different ears at different times. Yeah, context yeah. is like highly effective. Like facts, yeah. That also was a crazy bar, Zeke. Like just yeah. sitting in my spa listening to burial. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Okay, so Bice, I have a question for you. What would be the ideal situation for the music that you have made to be listened to in and the music that you're making that you're gonna be putting out into the world? Where would what's the ideal scenario or circumstance for that music to be listened to? It's like a social setting, is it by yourself? Is it with a small group of friends? Is it with strangers? Is it at a bar? What like uh, what are like some of the favorite scenarios that you conceptualized? Good question because I was I'm thinking I was thinking heavily about that for this new stuff I'm working on. Um, like I I'm even imagining it while I'm making it and um, and it's really my new stuff is like for the club like it's for. Uh, mm -hmm. God. The context of my brain is like it's like a dark club like and it's just heavy for the club um, damn that's fire and yeah so like, like, a, like a german club in mexico like a german club in mexico yeah and it's like <laughs> and it's like they only have one red light on and the subs are amazing i, I just want to say that would go crazy as an album title german club in mexico <laughs> <laughs> that was the hard yeah. I got a Chinese friend named Mexican Mike or whatever that di uh, dude. Danny you know. Brown, that 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 was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that question. That's that's. I've been. This is like the first time, way more that I'm thinking in a context like this. Newer stuff is like I really. It's this for. I'm thinking of like that dank, bass heavy, dark mm. club. Um, no, absolutely. 100%. And like the music, the music that I have, like generally before that, that's released, I, it's, I'm thinking it's like a, you're like in a parade, but like going fast in a car, like the parade, like the fastest parade ever. I am. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's fire. I really want to hear the stuff that sounds like Dirty Club because I love dirty fucking club music. Like Ger German, I'm, I'm going to write that down. German, it, German club in Mexico. Or I Mexico. love music that makes you sound like it's 2am and you're one of the last people on the dance floor with all the other club goers either leaving or passed out in the corner i feel like that's what all of my electronic music sounds like yeah <laughs> and, and like like it's that time of the like night you're 5 a.m yeah, yeah like you're on you're on autopilot you're just dancing without thinking or it's like and... the ride home or like the walk home like uh -huh. that's what, like yeah. i make my electronic music for that's like yeah. my burial inspiration i say i i just like oh, yeah. sorry i don't want to derail the conversation but i just want to talk about burial for a second i just love how he is able to make music that is groovy and danceable but it's got got so much emotion and conjures so much like 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 vibe like yeah, it's not that, just club music. Like it, felt, that shit. It, Mount it tells us and yeah. Mount Kimby and Mala and like all of those guys as well too. Like they really were crushing it during that time. Man, like, yeah. I still love I still love all that. I still love Mount Kimby. Everything that came out through and still coming out through hyperdub. I yeah, hell yeah. inspiring for me. 
see, like, like I've listened recently. I've been obsessed with Nova by Burial and Fortet. Like, because that song, like, even though it's like, I love it, it's like, I could, I, I groove to it, but it also makes me feel sad as fuck. And like, I love, I love that. You know? Have you ever listened to Corliss with a K? Yeah, I, I, I dig their production too. The, the stuff that, I, so that I really yeah. love from them that I've heard is like, it's almost beatless. It's just like, like, it's like, just like stuttering synth or something. Yeah, oh, I've cool. I've got a goal by Callus saved on Spotify, so I guess I better look, better check that out. Away, away by Corliss is like one of my favorite electronic songs of all time because of the motion that it ca- it captures. Away by Corliss. I love Banger as well. Banger is so fire. Like his album Night with mm-hmm. uh, album yeah, Night. His, his song, his yeah. song, sorry, his song Night with Koki. Like that song. Yeah, that song's so, amazing. That's a really that song that's a like like that song for me, and that song for me perfectly captures like why I think like it was such an issue when dubstep evolved because it's like you know don't get me wrong like I was into Skrillex and stuff at the time, but like the old dubstep like captured that like three a.m. like dark alleyways like walking home from the club like type vibe like and that shit was grimy as fuck and then new, the, the new skrillex stuff was dope like i love the, the I love new skrillex it. stuff yeah like that is super dope but um Things but then the best yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna sound like a wanker for a second but yeah like i don't really like that bro step stuff like i loved it at the time but now like looking back on both old dubstep and new dubstep like i just way preferred the grimy like disgusting vibes of the earlier stuff as opposed to the big like festival edm sound of like like the newer um newer stuff but hell yeah yeah and like banger like and night for me is like the epitome of that like that song like makes me feel like i'm about to get shanked in an alleyway <laughs> by a hooded figure at that's three. what doing. <laughs> we need more music like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, like I've I've gone out the club the wrong way, and now I'm gonna die. <laughs> Yo, you know what? That's what uh, honestly, never mind was. It wasn't effortless, or it wasn't because you know it was on a weekend. It was specifically for that very very late night. Mm. Wait, you should have been home already. I'm checking out this link over here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm not gonna play it right now, but um, I'm gonna save this. Yeah, this is like my shit right here. Like this is like that that four to six AM like post club vibe. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shami, I agree, honestly, never mind. I liked that album. I was I, very surprised. I, think, I listen I just I mean it has its merit for sure. I listened to it when it came out and I'm like, this is pretty good and I, then I, I haven't really been listening to much drake i'm gonna keep it a stack with y'all yeah. I, I mean drake that's a whole I, other conversation i don't listen I think... to that much drake either but drake i remember when I, our listens <laughs> i remember when i when i listened to honestly never mind i liked it and then i went on the internet expecting to be like hey guys like to expecting everyone to agree with me that, that drake has dropped like some like new project that's like a good left it left a turn for him, but then I went online and everyone was shitting on it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like, okay. again, you know, that's just when people are, tr- like, when it's, like, you know, critical and stuff of that. You know, it is a kind of uninspired house project, but there's nothing, like, inherently wrong with that. Mm. Like, and again, I think, like, going back to talking about, like, listening to music in different situations. Like, people should, people are like, oh, my God, like, this is Forever 21 music or H&M music or whatever. But, like, if I'm in a barbecue, like, sitting around a pool with my friends and I had honestly never mind on, like, that shit would be a bop. 
Dude, I'm yeah, saying folks like don't some realize that take, folks don't realize the the fucking covers like the title song off Take Care is a Jamie XX track. Like sometimes yeah. like like people say, Oh, this is touch such like an H and M song. I'm thinking like, bro, if I'm like shopping for jeans and I hear something like this on, I'm 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 shaking my ass. I, like, I don't God, when I was working at Urban Outfitters, I heard the original version of Take Care. And I was like, yeah. is this Drake and Urban Outfitters? And it was like, no, this is Jamie XX yeah. and Got Hair. And I was like, whoa, yeah. what the fuck? I, this is the project? I, I practically soy jacked. I remember, like, you know, huge Jamie XX fan. And I remember uh, the girl I was talking to sent me the Drake Take Care. And I hadn't heard it. Um, and I'm like, and she sent it to me. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, did Drake collab with Jamie XX? Like, what is this? <laughs> um Dude. There's oh, such yeah. a plethora of like crazy dance producers, and I think it's smart that rappers go to these da- dance producers because they could really pop yeah, up. Yeah, the, the song that Young Thug and Jamie XX did is like one of the greatest. I love that song. Zeke, Zeke uh, love uh, uh, my favorite hot take from Zeke because I don't necessarily I, I disagree with it, but I really respect it. Is Vince is best uh, album by far is Big Fish Theory, precisely because. Yeah, I would agree. It's his most yeah, creative, like, that's for sure. No, yeah, and definitely, like, yeah. You, you've got, like, like, crabs in a bucket. Like, that's Vince Staples rapping on a burial beat straight up. Like, I love that song. Um, or, like, Yeah Right. Like, okay, like, can yeah, we talk about the song Yeah Right? Like, that is Vince Staples, Kendrick Lamar, Flume, and Sophie. Dude, that, on one that shit, that, dude, for me, for me, I just got into music. In 2016, I just, we got internet, and I just got into music, and I was able to explore how I really wanted to. And yeah. I, I don't know, I'm seeing like someone says, Oh, new Kendrick feature. I'm like, okay, awesome. Cool. Kendrick. Yay. And I've listened to it. Like I've heard North for North or whatever. And then I hear, yeah, right. Dude, that, that shit blew my, that, yeah. I, I, that really made me change my whole musical style. I'm not even going to hold y'all. No, I was integral for sure. No, I was like, I was like before, like before we made saturation, I was like making like really like mechanical electronic sounding shit and like rapping over it and stuff like that. And it was just like. It wasn't connecting within the group and whatnot, so it was just kind of like, just I was just sitting on it, and then Big Fish Theory came out, and I was like, well, there's no reason for me to put this out anymore because this is like a million times yeah. higher quality no. than anything I can produce B- right Big now. Fish Theory, yeah, like Big Fish Theory is just like Vince Staples needs to go back to that. Like no one else is making music like that. Like even the UK has abandoned rapping on beats like that. Like Vince is the only guy doing that. That's um, crazy. Badass oh. club album too. Big Fish Theory. Speaking of crazy music, Bice. Big and crazy music alert. Cabin Fever. He produced this from here. Domino. We got a video here. Love Domino. Domino, who's also doing Big to Domino. That's how I met you, yeah. Yeah, Domino's great connector, great rapper. He's also do- interested in alternative forms of giving music, so he's on a- that tip too. Mm-hmm. He's been crushing it. Oh yeah. Not sick. We're gonna be listening to this real quick. Cabin Fever, neighborhood radio. Let's get it.
fuerza. That was crazy. I, I feel I I feel like my life has now been split into two two distinct periods, pre that song and post that song. No, that that <laughs> was so cool. And you and Vice mixed that too. It says in the description. That would have nuts. Res- respect to you for mixing that. That would have been hard, I reckon, with all that. Appreciate it. On. It's been in the works for like a year, so it it I put some love in. I'm song. adding that shit to my playlist, like to like right now. That is, I- I'm assuming that was Jazzy. She was fucking bars. Yeah, but, uh, I love this song so much. She was spazzing on that. Thank you. Hang on. Yeah, What's the, the... Team, the team was awesome. The yeah. the rappers were uh, Domino, Jazzy, and Jamie. Um, yeah, that was the team, and that was fucking yeah. cracked. That's like the kind of shit. I wish we would get in Australia. I mean, we have artists like that, but they're not popping here. Like, no one likes them. Um, Hell yeah. I appreciate it, y'all. If you're due to this, you'll like the stuff I'm going to come out with next year. No, that was awesome. How did this, uh, this song come together? Um, it was, It's called Cabin Fever because we made it. Well, it was at Airbnb, but uh, Dom uh, was like, yo, I got an Airbnb. I'm working on an album. Come through. And on the last days, we cracked that, and it was—it felt like cabin feverish. Like we're like, you know, little sleep. I made that beat, well, like a orphan version of it, and like they're like kind of delirious, and they just delivered on the mic, and then yeah, that's that was like a year. That uh, was like a year ago from today. Yeah, that was fucking cracked. That was like that percussion. That was like some Sophie like shit right there. <laughs> cabin fever, uh, Domino. Definitely check uh, that out. We'll be adding that I feel to like the I, just, I Love I My feel Fuck like, playlist. I feel like I've just been hit by a truck. Like, that was insane. <laughs> you feel like what? I've been hit by a truck. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> can I can I make a vice request? Yeah. I want to I wanna show the people this. Oh, hell yeah. This is a piece of great. Fiesta Texas is so fucking slept on. Like... I actually throw this in DJ sets to this. Like, I throw various songs from this project in DJ sets to this day just to, like, turn the party up. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That's so hard. What song is it? Let me songs see. Got You with three O's from Vice of Fiesta, Texas. Okay. Hell yeah. Let's get it. I know this it. is super old shit. I'm sorry, but... I, no, I know. I, I, I love... It needs love, too. Hell yeah.
bad man. Bad man. Real bad man. Got you from so Bice. Fucking crazy. That was fire. Hell yeah. Thank y'all. It's like if like like wall of sound, you know what I'm saying? I, I just love I love wall of sound type shit like that in, in that world and like that's what uh-huh. remember I was talking about like the like cumbia stuff and like the like that's like one of the tracks for me where I was like yo like I feel like I'm hearing so many different forms of inspiration come together to hear to make something that I haven't heard before and it's like mm-hmm. that shit is so tight, bro. Fuck yeah, that was the intention too. Like just like an an elevated version newer version of like the shit i'm grew up with yeah, yeah i love I, I love it when people do that like when you can hear their childhood shit in like a new form in their music like that's no, my, favorite, my, my favorite music is when it sounds like five different genres at once but every single time i listen to bice it's 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 10 like it's like i remember when i i started listening you just dropped uh a key right here yeah, uh, yeah. that single and that song Holy shit! I don't know if you guys want uh want to stick. Uh, how much longer you guys want to go for? We do one more song, but that's 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 the ticket right there. I'm yeah, sure. That, yeah, that video is fire. I would like. Dude, that video. That I that's the, that. Instead of sharing the song, I shared the video. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the best way to show it. This is from Appreciate their album it, Nalgas Dulces. You're. Oh, uh, right. But yeah, Fiesta Texas like reminds me of like MIA as well too in like the coolest fucking mm. way. One of my heroes. I don't know currently, but she's still I still love her. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. It, it is what yeah. it is. <laughs> I keep right here. Bice neighborhood radio. Take a bite out of a can. 
candy bar or any other forbidden cookies or cakes or whatever. Damn. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Classic. That's that's this is so sick. I did, like like I heard because I think I saw like a couple songs from Vice and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But I heard that I'm like, oh, I have to listen to his stuff. Like that. Yeah. There's a million different things that went into making that, and you you did this in 2020, like that year of all like that. It's just it's insane to me. Facts. Yeah, I, re- during, during, I released it during COVID. I mean, COVID's arguably still happening. Not arguably, it is, but yeah, during like quarantine time. Yeah. Shout out COVID projects. Got to be one of my favorite, favorite types. That's that's one of the best ones right there. I'm just saying. Nalgas luces. Let's go. Thanks for having me, yo. Yeah. Thank you for coming on here, for real. No, really so appreciate tight. it. It's really good uh, to yeah. chat. And it's been really fun. No, yeah, this was a great, great episode. Really happy to have yeah. you on. Yeah, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll be uh, more acquainted in the in the neighborhood here. No, we'd we'd love we'd love to have you on. Like I, um, you know, like with things like we've been talking about throughout this episode, like uplifting artists and stuff. Like that's we love with the the neighborhood radio. So many people, just too talented. And thank you. Um, we we love we love we all having part of it. Bye. So oh, I'm yeah. gonna send, I'm gonna send you an Australian artist a bit later called Behind You. Um, that I reckon you would like. They've only got okay. 400 monthly listeners, but they're like very, very sort of death grips adjacent, but but make it Australian. Uh, yeah, that's that's a new vibe. Remember, we're like that's like the new rule. Yeah. Like only send each other <laughs> stuff below a thousand followers. Yeah. 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 But no, thank thank you, Zeke. I'm gonna check um, your stuff out, Zeke Lanhin. Lanham, Zeke Lanham. Yeah, I got it yeah. in here, but um, no, for real. I, um, thank you again, and um, hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you everyone for tuning in for listening hope, to this interview. Yeah, hope everyone has a good Christmas as well. It's the um, last we'll episode you, of the year. Yeah, we'll see everyone in in the new year, new year, new neighborhood. Appreciate everybody. Take um, care of yourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Peace, peace.